You are listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, a Canadian guide to building dependable wealth. Join your hosts, Richard Canfield and Jason Lowe, as they unlock the secrets to creating financial peace of mind in an uncertain world. Discover the strategies and mindsets to a financial future that you can bank on. Celebrating conversations with the late, great R. Nelson Nash. Together, we are joined with the incredible Justin Kraft, who is an authorized infinite banking practitioner and the president of Nowlin and Associates firm, wealth management firm with over 40 years history in the Birmingham, Alabama area. Now, we're so blessed to have Justin with us because he's one of those individuals who got to spend some of the greatest amount of time with R. Nelson Nash, soaking in those wonderful Nelsonisms, as we like to call them, and uh, sitting in on training sessions and things with Nelson over the years. And so we're excited to have uh, Justin with us today. He's a good friend and someone who is passionately focused on taking Nelson's message out into the marketplace and helping people understand how to embrace the infinite banking concept and helping all the, the wonderful clients and the families that they see as an organization to learn about Nelson's wonderful message. Justin, thanks for being us with us today. Richard, Jason, thank you guys, man. It's always an honor to be with the, the, the best that Canada has to offer for an old awesome. Southern boy like me. It's, it's quite a privilege, but always fun. So thanks for having me. We appreciate you and we're happy to have you. And our listeners and viewers are actually in for just a real treat. You know, I think back to February of 2012, and that was the first time that, that I had, had seen you and you know, we didn't know each other at that time. That was our very first think tank, Rich, you were there. Yep. And you know, there were a number of speakers at the, so for, for those who don't know, there's an annual infinite banking think tank conference and uh, practitioners from across North America converge into Birmingham, Alabama. And it's typically the week after Super Bowl each year. And we spend a few days learning from one another, really nurturing relationships. And it's something that I personally look forward to each and every year. And that was the first year that we saw you. And since then we've become amazing colleagues in, in this journey, sharing this process with people, helping them change their lives. And you know, I consider you to be one of the people that I trust the most in this space and, and a dear friend. If you go back to the beginning of your journey, because you have such a great story as to how you were exposed to this, to this concept and, and where your thinking was initially, could you take us back to that moment in time and maybe share that with our listeners and viewers? Yeah, I, I would love to Jason. Before I go there again, I just, I just want to say how much I appreciate you guys and what you are doing in this industry, the people that you are, the people that you're serving. A true definition that I've seen of servant leadership is how you guys run your business every day in your organization. So when you talk about the think tank, it is such a great time to invest in each other. You know, I, there, there's a lot of people that spend time, but think tank is all about investing time and, and bettering yourself and learning ideas and techniques and strategies to be able to help more of the people that we're serving. And there's been so many ideas and I can't thank you guys enough for how you guys have poured into the community, our team members here. And uh, yeah, it's just really cool to be here. And, and you're right. It, Jason, it is a funny story. When I think back, it was January of 2008 when I had the opportunity to go to Orlando to a conference. I was invited by a gentleman in our industry, much older than I was. And I was thankful that I listened and got that invitation. And when I walked in the room, there were some extremely successful people in our industry that are, that were helping a lot, a lot of clients around the country. 
And the keynote speaker on that day was Mr. Nelson Nash himself. So I began to hear Nelson talk about his passion for insurance. He began to talk about his passion for teaching people the benefits of becoming your own banker and thinking like an owner, a bank owner versus a customer. And if I'm honest with you, just to make a real long story short, I suffered greatly from the arrival syndrome because I heard that and I said, well, we were doing a lot of things using mutual fund based type insurance products. We were doing a lot of work in the investment management area, managing money. And I said, you know, this guy's really, uh, he's awesome. He's really engaging. Sounds cool, but, but we've kind of got it figured out. So I, I heard it and listened, but if I'm honest with you, I was, I was thinking about, okay, who's, who's going to be the next speaker or, or what, what are we going to talk about next? I say that very regretfully, but it's, it's very honest. And it tells you a lot about who Nelson is because several months later, I got a phone call from the gentleman that invited me. And he said, have you read that book from Nelson Nash? And I said, well, it's on the desk, but no, I haven't read it. You know, we're doing a lot of work with insurance and, and I like what he's talking about, the tax advantages, being able to control your money, but, but we're kind of already doing that. He said, no, I don't think you listened. And I don't think you, I don't think you read the book. He pretty much said, if you want to come back next year as my guest, read the book. So uh, I got challenged and I had the opportunity to read the book. At that time, one of the guests with me, there were two a gentlemen that went with me. One, Russ Morgan, who was a lot of work with Wealth Without Wall Street, who wor we worked together for many years. And then John Blaylock, who's a certified financial planner that's still here in our office. And so we began to have some conversations and, and uh, talk through that. And I realized that Nelson's office was three miles down the road. So... I said, let's just call him and have him come in and let's visit with him. And that's where, that's where our mind and our eyes really began to open. Oh, wow. It's so amazing, you know, how things show up in your life and how you, we were just discussing this in a Facebook live stream on the YouTubes. Yeah. About being, you know, just being receptive because that could have completely gone in a different direction if that follow-up phone call hadn't have happened, that book may still be sitting on a desk somewhere. Yep. And you may have never come to know, you know, Nelson and developed a relationship with him that you did. And you got to spend a lot of time with him. He would visit the office as we understood every week and describe to us one of those experiences, maybe one of your fondest memories. Yeah. So we do, we do a Monday morning training session. It's at 10 AM. And where the, the way that we start with our team here is we share success stories or lessons learned so that we can share different ways of, uh, of communicating the concept or questions that may have come up or applications. Sometimes we learn best from our clients, different ways that our clients have used their imagination, as Nelson talked about, to use the infinite banking system. So we go around the table and share those ideas every Monday. Well, as we began, as we got to know Nelson, as Nelson spent time investing in us and, and in me, we began to see that, that IBC was a better solution, that it, that it truly brought certainty and it brought a solid foundation to someone's financial plan. And so in 2009, you can tell I'm a slow learner. I met Nelson in, in 2008, but January of 2009, I did the very first policy that was done with Nalan and Associates and Nelson helped coach me through it. We set it up. And so I invited Nelson one day to those Monday trainings. And uh, it, Jason, if you can imagine this, we have a long conference room table and I sit at one end. Well, Nelson would come in and sit at the other end, staring directly at me. 
And I'm going, wow, this is, this is a little bit intimidating. <laughs> and, and he was always so gracious. I would begin to talk, Jason, and you know, he would, I wish I had a cup of coffee. I saw you had one earlier. He'd say, Justin, can, can I say something? He'd always put his hand up. I was like, Nelson, of course you can. And he'd take a sip of his coffee and then he would, he would begin to talk to us about where the book came from. If we had a question, he would begin to tell us the origin of being a forester, about thinking long range, why that's important. He would really get into where his mindset was at the time when we were discussing different pages and different chapters in the book. And, and honestly, I think he really enjoyed it because he began to come every Monday. We had, he had his own coffee cup. We still have it, Jason. It's got his name written on the bottom. Everyone knew not to use it. It was Nelson's coffee cup. Wanted his coffee black. If you put anything else in it, it's a travesty, he would say. So, so he would come in, we would visit for 15 minutes, just he and I, he would want to know what are we talking about today? And then we would, we would go in the conference room and every Monday for you know, over for a decade, just about if he was in town or feeling okay, he would come in and the insight. And I just, I, I, I feel so blessed to have had that opportunity. <laughs> and the whole team, really, it's, you know, everyone that is at Nolan was able to experience that. So what, what a blessing for all of you to have. And, and, you know, I think Nelson would have thought it as a blessing too, because he got to, you know, with a short, short drive from his house, he got to be able to be involved and embrace people that were willing and hungry to learn. Those are the people he liked to spend time with. And he was able to impart a lifetime amount of knowledge over an extended period of time, which is another thing Nelson was fond of. He didn't, you know, it's like he talked about his 10 hour seminar. Well, it ended up becoming a 10 hour seminar done over a Friday evening and a Saturday, but it didn't start there. It was a two hour session over a five week period. And it was that that progression of time that allowed you to have things sink in to you could, you could chew on the information that you learn and come back with new questions. He felt, you know, my understanding from my conversation with Nelson, that's how we felt that learning should really take place. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right, Richard. The thing that in the beginning, the thing that would frustrate me and I used to, Nelson used to laugh about this because I would tell this story that, that I was just a little bit hardheaded, but I always wanted to answer right away. I would ask a question. And, and he never gave you the answer. He wanted you to think. And what he always told me is he said, Justin, I want you to discover it. I want you to own it for yourself because once you discover it, it becomes part of who you are and then you can teach it to others. So I don't want to answer the question. I want you to understand it. And, and so that's why I would ask a question about a paid up editions writer. And I would hear about the soul and AC family and the potato and, you know, and, and, and I so missed that because that was, uh, he was a storyteller and he, yep. he, he's probably one of the best that, that I ever knew. And, and, and he's exactly right. You got to the end of the story and you're just like, wow, I see exactly what you're saying. But he, he was a, he was great at leading people to the solutions. And I think there's an old saying, Jason, I've heard you say this before is, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yep. And, and for all of us. I, I think we were ready at different times, but Nelson was that guy that appeared oh, all day long one that, that, that was there. And he changed, he changed my career. He changed yours. He changed my insight on finance. He changed our entire process. 
Our firm had been in business when we met Nelson 37 years, had been recognized. I say this very humbly because of our founder, Charlie Nallen, another mentor, been recognized as one of the top firms in the Southeast from an industry standpoint. We, we felt good about the legacy, but we did a complete 180 after meeting Nelson. Our firm, our focus, every, the way that we conduct business, it completely changed. And that doesn't happen unless you meet that person that shows you something that can really impact and, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people. And as we all hope over time, tens of thousands of people, we want to get to that 10%. And that's, that's where things, that's where we're headed. And that's why those think tanks are so important because we get together and, and, and we share those ideas and those experiences. And you know what I find too, Justin, is that the, the more, the more steps we take forward in our journey, with this, the more I realize, I was just reflecting on this this morning. The more I realize what Nelson meant when he said, this process is ridiculously simple. It's not meant to be sensationalized. Yeah. It is truly ridiculously simple. And we, we go through these phases and we've, I, I can see, I can see it now in, in people who are just maybe getting started on their journey as a, an authorized practitioner. And they, they want to lean into complicating it and, and to creating complexity. And because they really, they just don't know yet how ridiculously simple this actually is. And, and we moved away from, because we're, you know, we're, we're guilty as charged in having that phase of our journey where it was all focused on how magnificent the illustrations are and look at what you're putting in, what you're getting out and. It was all based on numbers with a very weak foundation of an understanding of the process. And now, and for the past several years, Rich, you can attest to, we, we did a complete 180. Now it's all, we, we only discuss process. And when people catch it, yeah, the, the, the policy is the tool, of course, or the system of policies is the tool, yeah. but this really truly is ridiculously simple once you understand it. But Nelson said it's not meant to be taught and it's certainly not meant to be taught from a place of, uh, you know, being argumentative or, or trying to force feed your, your view or your perspective about things financially. Yeah. You got to meet, meet people where they're at, but you described it best. Don't give them the answer, help them understand the problem. And then the solution becomes clear as Nelson would say, and you'll know exactly what to do. But I was just literally, Reflecting on that this morning, thinking about the time that we were going to spend together today. And if you think about all of your years, what are you seeing now that you didn't see when you first began? Yeah. You know, Jason, I reflect, especially this year and, and, and our journey is very similar. We've gotten into utilizing, showing software and how great it works to take over a debt or to invest in different businesses and, and all those things. And. And, you know, I really focus between Christmas and New Year's is a time that I actually love. It's my, one of my favorite times of the year. I think back over the course of the last year, reflect on relationships, on accomplishments, on things that wish we would have accomplished. Uh, I think about, you know, what can we do better in the new year? And really what kept coming, coming back to me was to simplify. And, and we have purposely, and I've, I've been on this roller coaster two or three times. I, I noticed that as a team, we were beginning to complicate the message again. 
yeah. and, and wanting to look, wanting to help people. So thinking that we need to look a certain way in order to reach more people. And what I realized, and I have gotten really passionate about the book again, the introduction and just very part one, I told some of the, some of, some about this at the think tank, you know, Nelson is, is giving us our first look at being an owner. That's as simple as this is. What is the difference in an owner and a customer? And then how, more importantly than that, how do we think? How are we thinking? You know, Nelson would always say, Justin, it is all about how you think. You can hear him saying it to you, Richard and Jason. It's all yeah. about how you think. You would ask a question and he would start out. And I would say that to your listeners that are out there today. You know, the, the last rule of, of infinite banking that Nelson added was rethink your thinking. And I had to do that in January and, and I decided that we were getting back to basics. I'm an old athlete. I played, played football in college. You, you certainly can't tell it now, although I feel it, but I remember after, after losses and I was thankful to be a part of some really good teams. We didn't lose much, but I remember the good coaches when we came in after the film session, we would walk out to practice and they would always say, I reflected on this, Jason, we're getting back to basics. Yep. We're going to block, we're going to tackle, we're going to run, we're going to throw. And, and so that's been, a, that's just been on my heart this year. We're getting back to basics with IBC. We're getting back to Nelson's message. We're going to be eyeball to eyeball, belly to belly. And we're going to talk about the basics. How do we think? How are we rethinking our thinking? And how do we think like an owner versus a customer? And if we can help people with that, they're going to take care of the rest because they're smart people. I love that because it reminds me of, you know, an analogy that we talk about, I think pretty frequently, Jason is, you know, training camp, you, yeah. you, you have training camp every season, regardless of the, the sport, you always got to go through. And that's exactly what you do. You, you got to shake off the golf dust from the, you know, whatever, you know, for us, we're talking about hockey. Okay. So everyone's on the golf course, whatever. And you're getting into training camp. You're going back to the basic drills, the basic things. You're getting that muscle memory reactivated. And so training camp is, is for us, I think is a couple things. Number one, it's Nelson's book. That's where training camp really begins. Yep. But something that we're going to be implementing, we, we've already started this. So we, we did a, we do quarterly client coaching sessions with our clients now. And last quarter, I think it was Q4, Jason, of last year, we actually did Nelson's DVD seminar yes. on DVD. Yep. And we played that through over an entire day. And we had just about a hundred Canadians coast to coast on that call listening for an entire day on a zoom call and training we, camp. It's training camp. we would yep. pause and we would expand and we reflect and share and what has been on my heart too justin is that i i went back to thinking through every single time that we had the privilege of seeing nelson speak mm -hmm. he didn't spend 30 seconds on a policy illustration yet <laughs> Yet every single person that you spoke to that was in attendance there learned something new that they didn't see the last time they saw Nelson deliver the same message. They got inspired to expand their system and, and to, to take control of more of this function of banking as it relates to their needs. And they, they were captured like Nelson had your attention the entire time. And I'm describing when he was delivering this to a group of advisors and who are all, let's get to the software illustrator and let's start pumping out numbers. Yep. 
and let's go talk to the world about numbers. And Nelson just drilled that into our heads. And he, he was clear about it. He said, listen, this is going to take most of you a long time to get. And once you catch it. And so I, I feel so grateful because not having been at Think Tank would have meant not having an opportunity to see Nelson his seminar before the Think Tank event. Because he really got you thinking in preparation for the, for the Think Tank. And the interactions were just so much different. And, and he, was, he was just brilliant at that. He was phenomenal. And so now I think to myself, my goodness, all the time that we've wasted on just Nelson would say noise, yeah. stop, stop majoring in the minors, help people understand the problem. <laughs> Once you get there, <laughs> you know, and so we, we just changed it all and, oh man, it, I, I just, I don't know. I just feel so grateful for it because I, I'm really much, much like you, this year has just been a year of let's, let's expand the simplicity of this mm -hmm. and you will repel, you'll repel people who just, they haven't changed the way they, that they're thinking. They, they want the product. I want to buy this product for the rate of return or for the, 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 the ability to borrow against its accumulation. And well, can you take a moment and describe to me what the problem is? Yeah. The problem is you haven't sold me one yet. No, nope, that's not the problem. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me how much premium you want to put in. If you don't have an understanding of the problem, we don't have a basis to work together because all that we're going to be talking about and all that you're going to remember is what you bought from me, not why you're doing this. We, we have a gentleman in our office, Jason, and you, it remind hearing you talk just brought me back to one of those Monday morning stories. And, and I can remember in this particular gentleman, it changed the trajectory of his career. One conversation and one comment that Nelson made. Uh, and I think this is huge for your listeners that are out there because it's, it's really, it's in like, I think it's in the second paragraph of Nelson's book in part one, we were having an advisor conversation about different companies and what is the dividend rate and who's direct recognition and who's not. And all of these things. And, and sure enough, Nelson took a sip of his coffee. Justin, can I say something? I said, yes, sir. What's the most important business in the world? I still remember it like it was yesterday. And of course I knew the answer, but I wanted the others because I've heard Nelson say it a thousand and one times. And, and, and people sort of looked at him funny and he said, the banking business, right? Everybody, you know, when they get a check, the first place that it goes is into a bank. It's the most important business in the world. So we need to do whatever we do well. We need to do whatever we do, do it well, and be in the banking business, right? He said, now, Justin, if you're the owner of a bank, do you think you're going to be better off than if you're not? I said, I would think so. And he said, right. And he said, so if the bank was in Birmingham, Alabama, if it was in Dallas, Texas, if it was in, you know, whatever small city, you're going to be doing okay, right? He said, what are we talking about here? He said, let's find good companies. Let's teach people how to be owners and, and, and quit to your exact point, quit majoring in the noise. And, and that, that is exactly how simple it is to rethink our thinking, right? Because companies ebb and flow, they come and go. 
we need to find good companies. And Jason, that's our job is to partner with our clients to make sure we're with, we're with good, solid companies. For sure. But the rest of it is about how we think, how we use it. It's about being in the most important business there is in the world. That's the banking business. And so if you don't have 25 million in Alabama to go get a bank charter in 10 years, there's not a better way to do it. The back office is taken care of for you. You have all the characteristics. It's that simple. And that's what Nelson discovered. That's what he taught us. And, you know, I would just say to your listeners out there, keep it simple and expand your imagination, expand your knowledge, and don't worry about the policy. Policy is the tool. It's the reservoir. Our money has got to reside somewhere and flow through some tool. And that's the policy. The rest of it is about how we use it. There, you know, you heard it and you saw it from one of the best, best practitioners in the world. Never mind just <laughs> the, the state of Alabama. <laughs> one of the best in the world. And uh, we should thank get the you, video, video editors Justin, to insert a little mic drop, you know, thing that comes over on the screen after that happens. And that, that's another thing that Nelson would say, you'd, if you'd ask him the question, again, a point blank question, like, okay, you know, Nelson, well, what's the best policy? Cause I'm sure he got that question a lot. What's the best one? Nelson would say the one you started. <laughs> that's right. Yep. <laughs> he, he wouldn't care was the company, the details, the writer of this or that he's like, but the, the one you got started because it's all, it was a function of time. Even if it was done not well or designed poorly, or it, it maybe lacked a little bit of refinement, you, you can't make up the time. Yep. If you had one 10 years ago and you're just now, maybe you had one started that wasn't designed for infinite banking. Oh, well, okay. But you had 10, you got 10 years under your belt. That's great. That's the best policy. You can't make up the time. hundred <laughs> percent. Can't go back and recreate anything better because you can't go back in time. That's right. Think of the state farm policy, right? There you Absolutely. go. You know, it worked really, really well. Absolutely. And when you think about Justin, you know, in, in, with your involvement in sports and, you know, being, being a teammate and the, all the lessons that you learned, how, how did you translate that into your business and how you how you coach and, and how you develop people. Because I personally, much like you, like I, I love being a, a teammate. I love coaching and developing people and uh, helping people recognize that there's, there's far more potential than, than what they're currently, you know, demonstrating. And, and there, there's always bigger, always better, always room to grow and to learn. And, but, you know, maybe share with listeners a little bit about what you brought with you from your experience in sport into business. Yeah. I, you know, for me, I think there, I love being a part of a team. I would not do well. I don't think we were created to walk alone and, and I never do well when I try to do that, Jason. So <laughs> being a part of a team and, and sur surrounding myself with, with really awesome people where we can feed off each other, where we can share things together. It, it just, it just, you know, it lifts all the boats, as they say about the rising tide. Right. And, and so I love uh, working with people that have played sports in the past because they understand the importance of hard work. They understand the importance of what you do today is not necessarily going to pay dividends tomorrow, but if you do it consistently, six months, a year, five years from now, it, it makes an impact. So our habits matter and, and they understand that the, the power of hard work, and then they understand how to work as a team. You know, we were, we were created that way. And, and so. For me, if I were a one-man show in an office, boy, I would be so unaffected. 
And plus, sometimes I get these ideas and Jason, they're not always right. So it's good for, it's good for to have other people go, well, Hey, have you thought about it this way? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I, I need that. I need that kick in the butt sometimes. Well, and to have a dynamic where that's okay. You know, I share all the time. Like I, I am, I want my views challenged. Yeah. I, I welcome that, you know, because it helps you rethink your thinking. And if you're nothing beats work with nothing and nothing, nothing beats being a teammate. Not and I'll really. this about, about Nelson. One of the things that I love as I reflect back, we've talked about this before. Nelson, Nelson was not a businessman. And I say that respectfully because if he, if that were his driving goal, this would have been set up totally, totally differently. Nelson was a bottom-up leader. He was a servant leader. He led by example. And what he wanted to do was uh, John Maxwell, who I love, you know that. And I oh, read yeah. Maxwell all the time. John Maxwell said, success is all about you and what you've done, but significance is about others. And if you talk to anyone that knew Nelson, they would tell you he was a significant person in their life. And that was because he thought about others. And I think that's that teamwork approach, right? You, you want to be sure that you're not the, you're not the one that lets down the team. You know, you want, you want to see everyone succeed. And, and that's the epitome of who Nelson was every day. Amen to that. Yeah. Rich, isn't that good? Yeah. It re reminds me of something our friend James likes to say, which is that iron sharpens iron. And uh, Nelson, you know, would also talk a lot, especially in the last, you know, number of years and the conversations I would have with him. In fact, I got a, I got a book that he sent me. I believe it's even, you know, he, he wrote this note in the cover of the book and it's, uh, you know, I, he was just looking for fertile soil to plant high quality seeds. Yep. And that's the, that's it. That was his mindset. And I think, you know, again, reflecting on his ability, you know, his his opportunity to share in those Monday morning training sessions, that was him finding fertile ground and being able to, you know, hone in on, on those high quality seeds. Right. So that's just something that really made, you know, that, that gave Nelson such a smile. And, and one thing I really do miss is of course is, uh, is the jokes and his laugh <laughs> every time at a think tank, just, you know, he, when he would be sitting in the back of the room somewhere. And some comment would be made and he would have that, that, that well, shuckle that, yeah. That, the, and, the, <laughs> and well, you know, you, you, it was just, it was magnetic, you know, it just drew you into him. Whatever was up on this, you know, everyone had to turn and see Nelson, you know, over there chuckling on the side. And I just really loved that aspect of him. So he was a very funny, funny guy. And what I was thinking about, you know, you talking about the transition from the one, the 180 that you guys did in your organization around that 2009 shift. And I was just reflecting as we're talking here about some of the challenges that may have come up there, because being more on the, the money side of the, the you know, I guess, like, you know, the traditional financial yeah. business model, and then making that shift, I would imagine that there was some challenges that presented themselves for you guys as you went out to your clients to share the, with them this, this idea that, you know, you were going to be moving forward with. And it's not that we weren't still helping them and looking after the money business, but that you were implementing something new. When you, when you reflect back on that and you think through some of those challenges that came up, I would imagine there was some clients that maybe weren't on board and maybe, maybe left the firm. And of course, new ones came in. And so maybe just talk us through a little bit about that. Cause I think people today, they're, maybe they're watching this for the first time. It's their first exposure to this idea of Nelson and becoming your own banker. Yeah. And they've been in that path and they're now being exposed to this new 
possibility in front of them. Yeah. Walk us through some of those challenges and how you guys you know, help people understand the advantage of moving forward down a, a Nelson Nash kind of oriented methodology. Richard, that's such a great question. And I, it may surprise you. I, I think we had a bigger challenge with ourselves as advisors and in the office. That was where the challenge was much more. So it, it was, it was a slow transition. It didn't happen overnight, but some people were early adopters as advisors that really got it. And then others, it took a little while. They had to put their toe in. And then some, you know, it took as, as long as a few years before their practice really implemented what we, what, what Nelson has taught us. So it was more the internal debate for lack of a better word inside those Monday morning sessions and, and, and one-on-one -on -one. that was where a lot of that took place. What I found that really surprised me. And this was, I call those one of the God winks early on the first few clients that, that I went to go see were unbelievably receptive. In fact, I can remember a story about a gentleman who said, I have been waiting on something like this. I have not felt good about what we were doing. It just didn't have any, any certainty for me. And I remember him taking out his checkbook and writing a check. And I had no idea what I was saying. I brought in Nelson's book. I went through page 40 and, and halfway stammered through, you know, a couple of things. And he said, this is exactly what I've been looking for. And I remember coming back to the office and I told Charlie Nallen and some other advisors here, I said, to me, this was a sign that we're headed in the right direction. I'm not sure what it's going to look like, but we're headed in the right direction. And it just felt. It, it, it just, everything about it felt proper and, and, and in place. And yeah, we, I, I, this is all I've known in my journey in this profession. Yeah. And experiencing just that, that very same feeling of I'll never, ever forget closing that first deal and getting it done and thinking, oh my gosh, this, I, I can do this. And it, it feels right. It just feels right. like, yeah. And, and then it just blossomed, you know, from there and wow. So, and so I got, I, I've got to ask a favor. Yeah. So it's at some point I'm inviting myself back at some point. Can we do this again? Cause this has been a blast. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. We, we got to do that. Until <laughs> I, I have, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and again, uh, Richard, you said for those that are listening, maybe for the first time and just hearing this, here's what I would tell you. Just take the next step whatever that is, get the book, watch the video, talk to Jason, Richard, someone on their team, ask the question that you have. It will not be time wasted. I can assure you. Infinite banking may not be the ultimate solution for you. Who knows the answer, but you owe it to yourself to understand how to think like an owner versus a customer and what that could mean for you and your family and your business down the road. Really love, love it. it. Love it. Rich, take us home. Well, Justin, we, we always like to, you know, close our show by asking people, thinking about, you know, again, all the wonderful people that you've helped and mentored and coached throughout your life. You may not, although you used to wear a jersey, when you walk into your office, you don't show up with a cape. And so you may not think of yourself as a superhero, but when you show up for your clients and for your teammates, the way that you've been doing and for your, your comrades, the people that you connect with that the infinite banking think tanks that we attend. You know, I know for me, you've been a hero in how you've shown up and, and shared your story at those events. You're really doing something impactful. So our question for you is who do you most want to be a hero to? Oh man. 
<laughs> what an awesome question. So for me, my faith is very, very important. And there's a scripture that was laid on my heart this year in Psalm 71, seven, and it says, may, may you be assigned to many that he is your refuge. And so if I could say anything, Nelson's the last conversation we had on a Monday, I did get to talk to him in the hospital, but the last conversation we had, I said to Nelson, I said, Nelson, you have impacted hundreds of thousands of people and your reach is going to touch millions of people. How does that make you feel? And he said, Justin, if you believe there's a greater light than us, then you know, it's an awesome honor just to be a small reflection of that light. And, and hopefully I've done that. And those words always impacted me. So when I saw that verse, that I, that's what I wanted is just, if there's any way, any, any shape, any way that I can be a very small light, that's what I need to strive to do. And I'm not real good at it, but, but I want to get better. Well, I'll tell you, we appreciate you, you know, more than we can, more than we can say. So Justin, thank you so much. And to all our viewers on the YouTubes, you would have seen a playlist that just showed up. That's thanks to our amazing editing team. We say that all the time because they really are amazing. Continue your journey of learning and the playlist that you're seeing is showing up for a reason. It's showing up to inspire you to continue that journey of growth and learning. And we will have you back again, Justin, I promise you. And we appreciate you very much. And so make the rest of your week great. Best of luck at the chiropractor. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and we'll catch up with you soon. See you guys. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, where your wealth matters. Be sure to check out our social media channels for more great content. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and be sure to rate the show. We definitely appreciate it. And don't forget to share this episode with someone you care about. Join us on the next episode where we continue to uncover the financial tools, strategies, and the mindsets that maximize your wealth.